But we do solve problems effectively and achieve success. Researcher, speaker, teacher, and author. He has discovered the key which is behind all religious, spiritual, and mental teachings is how we use our brain. It teaches how our brain is really designed to operate and how we you can use it effectively to solve any problem and create any result you want. He's the host of two podcasts, Using Your Brain for Success and Growing in Love for Life, about marriage and relationships. He's author of more than 20 Kindle books, creator of Neuro State Rebalancing, a process which will automatically get your brain working a right way to bring you what you want in your life. And he's got an upcoming new book, which he's going to mention and talk about as well. And I will mention his website where I'm here, www.liamnaden.com. Hi, Liam. How are you today? Hello there. I'm very well. Good evening, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. That's okay. And now, you talk, say you talk about how the brain, you've, you've looked into how it can... Um, it solves problems and how we could use it more effectively. Can you explain to people what it's a little bit about? Because I think it's one of these areas we don't really understand the brain as much as we thought we did. Yes, well, that's right. Well, it, the brain is actually a fascinating um, instrument. It's actually a machine. And in fact, it's being described The people who've studied the brain have have really just stood back in awe and wonderment about what uh, what the human brain actually is. And in fact, it's been described as the most um, powerful machine that exists in the known universe. And as you say, that we, we know very little about it, but your, your brain, in fact, there was a, um, well, your brain has power that you, that's almost unbelievable. In fact, there was a an experiment done a few years ago by what was then the fourth fourth most powerful supercomputer. And they conducted an experiment to see how it compared to the human brain. And they did one process, and it took this computer, as I say, one of the largest supercomputers in the world, it took that computer 40 minutes to complete an exercise that the brain, the human brain, completed in one second. So we have no idea how powerful the human brain is. And in fact, it's also been compared to the size of five trillion microprocessor computers. That's just how powerful the brain is. And it has more neuron cells, these special cells inside, which, which uh, work together to create the results in our, and everything about our life. It has more cells than that than there are stars in the Milky Way galaxy. There's more than 100 billion of them. So with all this computing power, what the, the thing that we should probably be a bit puzzled about is why we haven't been taught how to use it properly because with all that computing power, you would think that it would have the power to know how to solve any problem in your life and, in fact, how to give you anything you want in your life. And, in fact, it does. And what I've done through my research into the brain is discover that if you use it the right way, what actually, from a biological point of view, you do what the brain, you allow your brain to do what it's supposed to do, which is not only to keep you alive, but to give you the best life possible. Because when you have the best life possible, that gives you the greatest chance to thrive and survive, which is really what your biological purpose of being here is. So I think it's really important. And and funnily enough, this most powerful instrument that we have, we've never been taught how to use it properly. 
we've never been taught how it functions. And because of that, we tend to have problems in our life when we shouldn't. And I can explain a bit how that works. Yeah, please do, because as you know, because obviously the pandemic, we've had a lot more time to look into ourselves. And I think sometimes some people have looked into themselves and thinking, oh my God, have I really become this person? Yes, yeah. Well, the human brain has four parts to it, but the, but the essential thing to, to uh, be aware of about the brain is that you have two emotional states. One is feeling good and the other is feeling bad, <laughs> if you like. So you either feel happy and, and excited and, and enjoying your life, and sometimes we, we have a word for that. We call it that being in the flow or in the zone or really feeling creative and inspired. And this is when we, we get flashes of inspiration and, and intuition. And it's when um, synchronicities happen or unexpectedly good things happen to us. These are all the workings of our brain when we're feeling good. And in fact, this is the natural state that we're supposed to be in to live our life. And if you look at nature, nature is in this constant balance and harmony. We're supposed to live in that harmony as well. And we do when we're feeling good. And that comes from because our, when we're feeling good, our brain is functioning in a particular way. But, of course, the other mental state is feeling bad, which is stressed, worried, anxious, you know, afraid, all of those things. And when we're in that mental state, our brain is actually working in quite a different way. And the whole purpose of, <clears throat> excuse me, of feeling, feeling bad it actually has a biological purpose. And that biological purpose is it's your brain telling you that something bad is about to happen or that you are facing a danger in your life. So the idea, what, the reason your brain is telling you that is it's preparing you to fight a threat or a danger. So in fact, when you feel afraid, when you feel worried or stressed, What's actually happening in your brain is your brain is interpreting what's going on in your life and saying, there is a danger here, there is a threat. And the big problem is most of the time it's not a danger or a threat. So if you turn on the, on the television news and you see people dying or talk of people dying or some disaster, or of course at the moment you know we know what we're talking about, um, and you start to feel fear and anxiety, the reason you feel fear and anxiety is your brain is actually telling you that you, you, could be you could be facing a threat to your survival. And the biggest problem is what happens when you start to feel fear or worry or anxiety is the other part of your brain, the part that has all of your creativity, your awareness, your intuition, your imagination, and your problem-solving ability, all of that part of your brain gets shut down on a physical, biological level. Because when you think about when you're facing a danger that you've got to react to, say, you know, in ancient times, the lion coming out of the, out of the jungle, and you've got to run away or react to protect yourself, you have no time for thinking. You have no time to be creative and imaginative. You've got to react and, and and do something to take yourself out of danger and into safety. So the brain is designed that way that as soon as you feel fear, it gets you into a reaction mode where you can't think, where it's not helpful to think, where it's dangerous to think. And if you really look at the world today, and if you look at most people or many people, how
how they're behaving and how they're acting when they're in a state of fear, you can see very clearly that's what's happening. They're not looking at the big picture. They're not, um, and we do this automatically whenever we all feel fear. We, we can't see the big picture. We can't feel creative and, and joyful and appreciative of our life and all of those things. All we can do is react and try and get out of this bad feeling. So what I've discovered is that, it, that really the key, if you, the biggest problem, if you like, for solving any problem in your life is that if you feel fear and worry, you literally block the part of your brain that has all of the creative ideas and the ability to solve that problem for you. This is what's so ironic. You can't solve a problem when you're stressed and worried about it because you shut off your brain's creative thinking ability. And if you really think about it, this is, this is getting a bit deep here, but if you really think about it, you know that's true when you look at somebody else who has a problem. For instance, say someone you know has a, a marriage or a relationship problem, and they come to you and they say, oh, I've got this problem in my relationship, and you know, what, should, and what should I do? And, and they don't know what to do. And you can see very clearly what they should do. You say to them, look, you should leave that person, or you should tell them such and such, or you shouldn't put up with it, or you should... You know, you can see very clearly how to ha when someone else has a problem, what they should do, but they can't see it because they say to you, oh, I don't know, no, I don't know if I, could, if I should leave them, you know, I don't know if I should end the relationship, I, don't, I couldn't say that to them. But because, because they're in a fearful state, their brain is literally blocking their ability to see what they should do. So this is why it's so important if you have a problem to realize if you're feeling fearful and worried, and, and afraid, then you're not going to be able to solve that problem. All you're going to do is do probably the wrong thing to make that situation worse. So is your um, neuro state rebalancing like, um, like a brain retraining sort of thing or like a rethinking way of doing things? Yes, yeah, as you mentioned, I have a, a process that I've developed called neurostate rebalancing. And what that really does is it rebalances your brain so that when you're dealing with a problem in your life, instead of using your fear-based brain, which is only very limited and shut down and, and can't see the real solution, it helps you to move back into your creative state, your natural state, where you're able to use all of your brain's resources to see what to do to solve the problem and not only to see what to do but to feel the motivation and actually take the actions to do it because of course that's part of the problem when we have a problem is that we might if we happen to see what we should do the biggest problem we have after that is we we wonder why we don't do what we know we should do so neurostate rebalancing gets you really opens up the resources of your brain to to affect be able to solve problems and equally important to stop creating problems for yourself in the future because you know, for most of us if we really think about it most of the problems we have in our life are things that we've created that if we really think about it that they were decisions that we shouldn't have made they were wrong decisions that have created problems and if you knew in advance what the right decision was because you weren't acting out of fear but you were acting through your creative brain then you wouldn't make you wouldn't make the wrong decision. And um, this is what's remarkable is when people are able to access their natural creative state, you know, life goes a lot more smoothly.
Yeah, I imagine that applies to politicians as well. I mean, uh, lately, of course, a lot of politicians are under fire for not doing certain things uh, during the pandemic, especially over here. But I, I, I think to myself, well, if you was in that situation, what decision would you have made? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very tricky, it's never yeah. as black and white as people think it is, is it? That's right, yeah. But, you know, we're very, we often find it much easier to see what somebody else should do or should have done in a situation, what decision they should have made, rather than see what decisions we should make and or should have made. And it's because, we're, you know, when we look at someone else, we're not emotionally involved with their decision. So we're able to stand back and use our brain in a more, less fear, in a non-fear-based way and therefore we can see clearly. But, you know, the bottom line is, which I've said before, if you feel fear, you simply can't see the big picture and you can't see the right thing to do. Your brain simply isn't designed to do that, to mm-hmm. enable you to do that. So when you when you do realize that, you realize, as I said before, that the only thing between you and your ideal perfect life is getting rid of fear. Obviously, there are times when you need fear, but they're very... They're very much fewer than the, the times that people actually feel fear. You only need to feel fear when you're presented with a real immediate threat to your survival. That's what it's designed, what fear is designed for. It's not designed for you to have these imaginary fears or worries or concerns. That's yeah. not how your brain is designed. I was going to say, it's like a throwback to the, when we was cavemen, when we had to have that fear. Exactly. It's, it's a survival instinct. But in modern times, we use fear not as a survival instinct, but just in general. And, of course, you know, the, um, the advertising industry and the media in general have, have learned very quickly how do, you, how do you control people's behavior and how do you um, get them, how do you manipulate and control them is you get them to feel afraid because when they're feeling afraid, they can't think straight and they're much more open to the suggestions you give them on what to do. Yeah, yeah. So fear is a generated thing. It's not a. It's it's not our natural state is to feel happy and good, and and enjoy our life. And if something really unexpected and life threatening comes along, then our fear instinct is designed to kick in and temporarily, you know, make us feel afraid and do something to react to save ourselves from that situation. That's how the brain is designed. It's not designed to be in a constant state of anxiety, which it is for many people. And I know you've got um, your new upcoming book is titled Win the Game of Life by Using Your Brain the Right Way, which ties in virtually what we've been talking about uh, for the last couple of minutes. And can you tell me a little bit about that book and what I would expect to gain from it by reading it. Right, okay. Well, yes, that particular book, which is uh, coming out soon, um, I go into a lot of detail about how your brain actually works. So although what I've, what I've been explaining is, a sort of a, is an explanation of the overview, the book goes into a lot of detail of, of the functioning of your brain, and it's not too technical, but there are some technical you know, words to throw in there, if you like, um, so people can really understand how all of the different parts of your brain, and there are, there are four 
main parts of the brain, how you how how these four parts interact together to give you the results that you get in your life. And many people have said to me, you know, and, and it was certainly the case for myself and, as I say, with the people I've worked with as well, that when they get an understanding of how your brain works, suddenly you see why you've created the results you have in your life and you start to operate in a different way. And this is much more beyond thinking because your thinking brain is only a small part of your actual brain. But most people try and drive their life through their thoughts. But it's not actually the part of your brain that creates the results in your life. It's only a small part of it. So in the book, I explain all of how the four parts of your brain work. I explain how and why fear in much more detail, how and why fear is really your enemy in blocking your brain from doing its job and how you can um, correct, if you like, start using your brain the right way so that you get what you really want in your life rather than what you don't want. Because the brain is really just a machine. You know, it's an incredible machine, as I said earlier, but it is just a machine. And like any machine, if you use it the wrong way, you're going to have, a, have problems. You know, it's a bit like I often say, if you drive, if you get into a car and you say, I want to drive to the top of the hill, but you put the wrong fuel into the tank and you, you put it in reverse gear and you keep the handbrake on, um, no matter how hard you try, no matter how motivated you are, no matter how, how, how determined you are, if you're using that machine the wrong way, you're not going to get where you want to go and you're going to have a lot of problems. You're going to, you know, destroy the mechanics of the, of the car and uh, create problems. And that's exactly what happens in our life. If we use our brain the wrong way, it doesn't function properly and that's what creates the problems in our life. Well, uh, tell me a little bit about your podcast. Obviously, you're two different directions. But I, I, I like the way you're fascinated into helping people with their uh, marriage problems. Because obviously, I mean, me and my wife have the policy that we try to talk about everything, even if it gets a little bit near knuckle and it gets a bit, you know, we don't really find the subject really particularly nice. But we will talk about it and we try to solve our problems. And that way we don't have so many foreseen arguments as what some people may have. Yes, that's great. Well, can I just say, uh, you've, you've hit on an interesting point, because why is it that you and your wife can discuss anything you want to, and therefore, as a result, have fewer problems than another couple who feel that they can't um, discuss everything that they want or would need to, and as a result, they do create problems in their relationship. And the difference is fear, because you and your wife are not afraid of saying to each other what you think and discussing things. Whereas a couple who can't communicate properly, what's at the, at the basis of it? They're afraid. They're afraid that if they say something or do something or don't do or say something to their, their husband or their wife or their partner, that it's going to create some, some tension or conflict. And that stop, so it's literally fear that stops them from communicating properly. So that's a very good example of the role that fear plays in creating problems in your life because you, could, you have far fewer problems when you can communicate openly and without uh, worrying about upsetting the other person. But my two podcasts, um, 
One's called Growing in Love for Life, which is about marriage and relationships because for most of the last, at least the last decade, I've, most of my work had been in marriage and relationships coaching. And what I found was I particularly was helping people who were struggling facing divorce or separation and they didn't want their marriage to end, so they're looking for a way to save their marriage. And I still do this and it's still a big part of my work. But the thing that fascinated me, which and puzzled me for a long time was what I couldn't understand was when people came to me for help, because I have online coaching programs and I, I do some private coaching as well, what I couldn't understand was why some people managed to get the result they wanted, which was to save their marriage, and other people weren't able to. And I thought, is it a question of motivation? And I realized it wasn't because everybody was incredibly, you know, anyone who's facing a, the end of their marriage and they don't want it to happen, they are incredibly motivated to do, what, to do what they think will save the marriage. And it also wasn't a question of information because I gave everybody the same information. My programs essentially contain the same information. But some people did save their marriage, as I say, and others didn't. And I wanted to know the difference. And I thought maybe it's a question of prayer. But again, some people prayed and got what they wanted and other people didn't. And they still and they still got the result. So that's what led me to really find the missing link, if you like, which isn't motivation or willpower. It's not the amount of knowledge you have. It's not about what techniques you've learnt on how to, to do something. It's about how you use your brain. And, and the more I researched this and looked at the people I was coaching and had worked with, I saw that the only difference between people who got the result and those who didn't was how they used their brain. So that's when I did all started to develop all this research into the brain and, and to understand that it's the, the absolute foundation of who we are and how we get the results we do in our life. And I created a second podcast called Using Your Brain for Success. And again, in that podcast, I talk in a lot of detail about what we've been talking about here about you know the parts of your brain and and uh, how it all works and why you get the results you do. I know a lot of sportsmen now, um, especially, I, I know it's big in America and Australia, but over here we're starting to develop the um, relationship between brain and sport performance. Right. And I, I think it, 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 because a lot of athletes don't realise that if you're not in a good state of mind before, let's say you do a lift, you know, you know, say you're doing a weight lift and you're worrying about it. Oh God, am I going to be able to pick that up? Or it's going to be a bit. The minute you start doubting it, of course, then your body gets in all tense, and that's the last thing you need. You need your body to be well, not loose, but like your mind be able to do it like a machine, more or less. Absolutely. Well, the difference is fear, isn't it? If you're afraid or doubting that perhaps you won't be able to do that lift or achieve what you're going to do, then your body is going to respond in a way that is not going to be at its most impactful and powerful and resourceful. As I say, your most resourceful state is when you, you, you feel certainty and confidence and you know, what the athletes would say is in the zone or in the flow. And that is the absence of fear. And, and because this is biologically how your body is designed to work. In fact, 
science has a word for this, and it's called homeostasis. And homeostasis is when the body or the organism is in a perfect state of functioning, when everything is perfectly balanced in harmony and functioning properly, like your, all your systems of your body, your digestion, your, your breathing, your waste removal, all of those things, everything about your body is working perfectly. All of your cells are in perfect harmony and your bodily functions. And when you're in that state, you're also in the best mental and creative state. And this is the state of creation that we're supposed to live in. And as I say, the only time you're supposed to feel fear is when something comes along which might threaten that and you have to react. So the big question is, as I said, as I've said, you know, the, the real message is you've got to eliminate that fear so that you stay in your most creative and resourceful state. And of course, most people say, well, that's not easy to do, you know, because if I'm worried about the lift or whatever, well, it might not be easy to do, but you have to do it. And I've developed through neurostate rebalancing a way that you can do it because all it is is you're using a machine in the wrong way. There's no magic to it, really. It's just about understanding what your brain machine is, how it works, and using it the right way, just as, as you would learn how to drive a car correctly. Yeah, I think there's, I think people are beginning to look more deeply into this as well. I, I've noticed a lot more people are, as I say, because of the pandemic, they're questioning what they could have done with their lives. And now they're reflecting and they're using their brain more. I think also businesses are learning now that they can't just rely on people just stepping through the door. Those days are gone. They, they've got to do something yes. a little bit different. Yeah. You know what I mean? You probably notice it where you are. Yeah, you yes. can't just rely on people just going for the door. Oh, they'll turn up every Friday. You know what I mean? Exactly. And also, you can't bring out the best in people through fear. You have to find a way for people to want to express themselves. And that's when you bring out the best in people. Yes, I so agree it's one of the that. many very good things that's coming out of the current situation in the world. Oh, yes. I mean, there's been some lovely, great things. I think it's a lovely fact that all these scientists have collaborated, you know, out of nowhere. I mean, all these things, I know they say it was rushed through and all that. It's only because every scientist in the world suddenly wanted to collaborate. Normally, it, but there's like two scientists in a little room in the middle of nowhere. That's why it normally takes so long. Right. Yeah. Are you working anything else, Liam, at the moment? I'm sorry, what was that? I missed your... That's right. you Are did. you working on anything else by your book at the moment? Um, no, I'm really just developing more about the uh, neurostate rebalancing process. I have a coaching program which teaches people the actual process and how to use it. Um, so that's probably one of the main focuses of what I'm doing at the moment is helping people to, and of course I'm still learning more about the brain as well and how this works and how to re how to really get more um, more efficiency in the way you <coughs> excuse me in the way you use your brain and it and really to to make it easier for people, including myself, um, to understand this enemy in fear that we have and understand what causes us to feel fear. And it is something that's happening in the brain that's causing it. Not, not, it's not what we want to happen, but it is what's happening. 
So I'm developing more of my understanding about how to help people overcome fear. But the first step is to recognize that fear is the thing you've got to get rid of. And many people try to cover over fear. But, you know, they try and use positive thinking or they try and meditate or they try and take a supplement or, or worse and try and deal with overcoming their fear. And while many of those things are good, meditation and positive thinking, they're not really the answer because for decades I tried those, but I still felt afraid at the, uh, underneath it all. It didn't really get, get, get rid of my fear on a, on a fundamental level. It gave me some temporary relief. Um, but what I'm more interested in is finding a way to get rid of fear permanently or as much as you can so that as much as the time as you can, you live in this natural creative state. And in that state, miracles happen. You know, unexpected things come along that you that really enhance your life that you that you you would never have dreamt would have happened. Oh, this yeah. is all part of when you when you start to do this, you you see you you realize your brain is bringing you all of these things. There've you know, been examples, haven't there, of um, hard and struggling and trying to figure it out. There've been examples of that when people have been in trouble when they've found a natural strength to lift an object they've never lifted in a million years. Suddenly, the, the brain in general. Yes, kicks well, that's, yeah, that, that's a very good example of the of the fear-based brain getting getting giving you some powers to react to get something to do that you wouldn't have thought you could do. So, but, but what I'm really referring to is on a more create. So that's in response to an emergency, and that's when the fear part of your brain is is good. It's using its supernatural powers, if you like. But on the other side, you don't want to live like that all the time. You want to create a great life for yourself. You don't want to be just overcoming, you know, problems or disasters. You want to want to be. You want to figure out things like what you should be doing with your life that's going to make you you re- truly enjoy your life, and not only what you should be doing, but but actually doing it. And the thing is, if you use your brain the right way, this infinitely powerful machine will actually bring you what you are supposed to be doing if you allow it to do it. You don't need to do all the hard work yourself. No, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. You don't need to do the hard work. Yeah, but it's like like your books and my podcasting. If you don't, if you didn't want to do it, you wouldn't do it. You because if you're just worried about, oh, I've got to have thousands of listeners, or I've got to sell a thousand books, or the fear of doing it, I found that by doing what I do. It gives me a voice, and other people's voice, so they can listen to people like yourself. And then that, people might think, oh, he's got, yes, Liam's got a really good insight. I must look at his books. And then that way it helps you out and helps me out. It's a sort of, help, it's an interactive world. If we, if we all sort of can help one another in one way, I think it would be a better world in the long run. Absolutely, and it would be an amazing world if everyone realised who they actually are, and who they are is a unique expression of, you know, how many people are in the world now, over 7 billion or whatever, you know, there are 7 billion people, but there's only one of you, and the only way you're going to be truly happy and fulfilled is if you live the life you're designed to live. And we know on a biological and physical level this is true because in each cell of your body you have something called DNA. And DNA is a blueprint of who you are. It's a, literally a code of you and there's 
more than 250 million pieces of information about you in every cell of your DNA in your body. And your biological purpose is to express those 250 million pieces of information, to express the unique you. And you've been given a machine that is there to make sure that you do express that, and that is your brain. Your brain, is its sole purpose is to, to get your organism to express the 250 million unique pieces which, of information which are you. So when you realize that, when you realize you've got the most powerful computer on the planet to bring out the perfect you, then all you need to realize is you've got, all you need to do is use that machine the right way and the unique you will come out. And who knows, you might be, the, the real you might be doing things that you never thought you'd be doing, that would be, that you have been afraid of doing or that um, you just didn't realize that was part of your, your life plan. But your brain knows what your life plan is because you have a life plan and it's encoded in your DNA. So it's exciting when you realize that because you can let go and see, it's almost like saying, I wonder what the unique me really is and allow your, allowing your brain to show it to you. And you don't have to try and figure it out. You don't have to sit down and, and write down goals and try and ask yourself, what do I want and what should I do? You're naturally going to do it. Your brain is going to bring all of the, all of the right things to you. And as you say with your podcasts, and I'm sure it's a bit like with me, I never expected I'd be doing you know, podcasting and writing books and talking about this subject. It wasn't on any goals list that I had. But somehow, it, when I let go of fear, and I just sort of thought, I'll just see what shows up in my life, all of these great things showed up. So one of my missions is to help people realize they are unique. They do have a blueprint plan that, that is actually going to give them an ideal life. You just have to find a way to use your brain's machine to allow it to do its job and bring that to you. Now, please earlier mention where people can find you and find your books and your podcast. Sure. Well, my website is just my name, liamnaden.com, L-I-A-M-N-A-D-E-N.com. And, uh, yeah, everything's there, my podcasts, books, um, program information, and all my marriage and relationship programs, they're there as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd be delighted to uh, hear from anyone. I think you will, Liam, because I think I'm, I've been fascinated by this conversation. I know little bits, like you always know little bits. I found out some more, which is always good, because if you don't find things out more in the world, you're not using your brain. Exactly, yeah. Now, Liam, I, I always ask my guests the following question. Liam, what is your unique sign-off? Unique sign-off. Yeah. Uh, do you mean like a, a byline or a... Yeah, like that. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Or just a... Well, essentially, what I like to do is show people how, how to create their ideal life and solve their problems and take control of their life by learning how to use their brain the right way. And mind the voice, I'm going to use something that you've said to me. Um, my name to you, Liam, is I talked to Liam today about solving the problems through brain, through your brain. He does some lovely podcasts called Using Your Brain for Success and Growing Your Love for Life. 
about marriage and relationship. He's done over 20 Quindle books on Amazon. He's creator of Neurostate, sorry, Rebalancing, or NSR. It's a process which ultimately gets your brain working, which is always good. Look out for his new book coming soon. Win the, the Game of Life by Using Your Brain the Right Way. Look up his website, www.liamneedon.com. And if I would like to say, I would like to end this by saying, learn how to overcome problems and achieve your goals by using your brain differently. It's not that hard. It just takes a little bit of thinking. Boom, boom.